today. Are stocks at a precarious pinnacle? Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Well, that is post covering finance and property news. And this is our weekly market update where we start looking at the US, go across to Europe, then Asia and Australia, and also think about crypto and other dynamics too. So the S&P 500 soared to fresh highs on Friday, but fewer stocks have been participating in the rally, stirring worries that recent gains could reverse if the market's leaders stumble. We are talking here about market breadth or the number of stocks taking part in the broader indices rise. A high breadth is often viewed as a healthy sign by investors as it shows gains are less dependent on a small cluster of names. The reverse and narrowing, on the other hand, is a warning. And in fact, the Magnificent Seven have accounted for nearly 60% of the SP 500's gain this year, according to Dow Jones indices. Now, it took 719 sessions for the index to rise from 4,000 to 5,000, according to Bloomberg, while the rally since the end of October at 22% is now firmly in bull market territory and has added a stunning 9 trillion US dollars to the value of US stock values over that time. By the way, that's more than the entire value of China's market. The top five stocks in the index, Nvidia, Microsoft, Meta Platforms, Amazon, Apple, have done the bulk of the heavy lifting and now account for about 25% of the index. And perhaps most notably, the S&P 500 is now 15% higher than it was when the Fed started hiking rates in March 2022. That shouldn't happen. Through 2023, market breadth was narrow, with the 24% gain in the S&P 500 driven primarily by those magnificent seven, a group of heavyweights that include meta platforms, Apple and Amazon. Breadth improved towards the end of the year, yet some measures show it narrowing now, again in 2024. For example, while the S&P 500 is up 5.4% and closed on Friday at that record high, the 10-day average of stocks on both the New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq hitting new highs has fallen to its lowest level since July. At the same time, only 62% of large cap stocks stood above their 50-day moving average as at Thursday's close, which is down from 87% in December. Now, as Michael Harnett of Bank America has pointed out, Nvidia's microcapitalization has risen 600 billion US dollars in two months, equivalent to the market value of Tesla. We are at a historic extreme in the amount of money in this very small number of stocks, said Michael Smith, a senior portfolio manager at All Spring Global Investments. And Permabet Albert Edwards at Societe Generale says in a note this week that he never thought we would get back to the point where the value of the US tech sector once again comprised an incredible one-third of the US equity market. It is tempting, Edwards wrote, to be convinced of the narrative that the stellar outperformance of the US tech sector generally and the Magnificent Seven specifically are fundamentally driven or is even the only game in town. Edwards said he's not reassured by arguments that US tech valuations are nowhere near the extremes seen during the dot-com bubble more than two decades ago. I cast my mind back to 2000, where the narrative around the then IT bubble was incredibly persuasive, just as it is now. But the problem that sceptical investors have now, as they did in 1999, is that selling 
or underweighting USIT can destroy performance if you exit too early. For Wall Street legend David Einhorn, the market's seemingly endless grind higher on the back of just a handful of richly valued trillion dollar stocks can be seen as a symptom of what he described as markets that are fundamentally broken. Speaking on the Masters of Business podcast, he said the huge flows in passive investing, the growth of algorithmic trading and momentum trading, and the more recent rise in the US particularly of trading in very short-term options and similar instruments meant most investors were focused on price rather than value. Value is just not a consideration for most investment money that's out there. Einhorn said, passive investors have no opinion about value. They're going to assume everybody else has done the work. Active managers, and particularly active value managers, a category to which Einhorn is generally placed in, have been annihilated in this shift. And the ones that have survived are the ones that chase the most expensive market-moving stocks. And meanwhile, Einhorn said, value investors who do find great undervalued stocks that deliver an improved performance that warrants a big share price jump, I'd like to be disappointed because so much of the market does not notice or does not care. The problem is this. The narrow group of stocks powering the market could make it more vulnerable to swift declines if earnings disappointments hit or other issues arose. While most of the mega caps have powered higher this year, shares of Tesla have fallen 22%, the third worst performer in the S&P 500. And this demonstrates how quickly the market superstars can fall out of favor. Now, some investors believe breadth has narrowed partly because markets now anticipate the Federal Reserve will cut rates later in the year than many on Wall Street had expected, forcing an unwind of bets in rate-sensitive sectors that could benefit from lower borrowing costs. The S&P 500 real estate sector, for example, is down about 4.4% year over year due to worries about commercial real estate and the Russell 2000 index of small cap companies is off 0.8%. You had a great rally in some areas of the market that had been recently oversold in anticipation of the Fed moving quickly in 2024 to cut rates, said Ed Clissold, chief US strategist at Ned Davis Research. Now that market has changed its stance, people are rethinking how much those beaten down areas should rally. The Goldilocks soft landing narrative is all persuasive and given it's backed by good inflation data, solid earnings numbers and signs the economy resilient, that's arguably fair enough. So does the breaching of the round number milestone like 5,000 really matter? Well, Adam Turnquist, chief technical strategist, LPL Financial, reckons they tend to attract headlines which can attract more buying and raise FOMO, the fear of missing out. LPL says that since 1968, the last nine times the broader index reached a new milestone like this, it was positive a year later, almost 80% of the time and higher by an average of 10.4%. But 1987 and 2014 were recent exceptions. So quite how valuable those historic precedents are is questionable. While the history of financial markets rhymes, it fairly repeats. And Michael Harnett, who is a noted bear, says what he describes as the current bubble is unlikely to be stopped until real, 
or inflation adjusted 10 year rates are back to 2.5% or above. This rate currently sits at just 0.8%, although the inflation is rapidly falling. It will tick higher, he said. Harnett says that in bubbles, markets show little respect for position or valuation. They solely respect policy and real interest rates, he said. And by the way, the 10-year bond was at 4.177, while the two-year was at 4.486. Still, several Bank of America's market indicators are starting to flash yellow. The bank's bull-to-bear indicator, which correctly screamed by last October, rose to 6.8% this week, and a reading above 8 means it's time to sell. So in summary, all of the above says it's clear as mud where the markets will go next. Stocks look expensive, and there's far too much concentration in a small group of very richly valued, and by the way, well-run, tech stocks. But the data continues to support a soft landing that looked impossible 12 months ago. And a revised print of US consumer price index data showed that the annual rate of inflation in the fourth quarter was unchanged at 3.3%, suggesting that an easing in price pressures throughout last year is, in fact, still intact. Fed Chair Jerome Powell last month shot down hopes for rate cuts as soon as March, saying that the central bank needed more confidence that inflation was headed back towards its 2% target. Overall markets late on Friday were pricing in cumulative interest rate cuts of around 110 basis points by the Fed's December meeting, down from more than 160 basis points in cuts that were anticipated earlier on. So on Friday, as I said, the S&P 500 rose 0.6% to end the day at a record high of 5,025.86. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite rose 1.25% and the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 0.14%. Big tech did continue to add to recent gains with Google, Apple and Microsoft in the ascendancy as the latter's market capitalization of $3.125 trillion topped the record $3.081 trillion previously set by Apple. Chip stocks also inspired the rally in tech, as chip demand will ramp up as the artificial intelligence boom strengthens. We are in innings one of the AI revolution, a revolution that is going to touch everyone and everything, one that every major company has to contemplate how it will or is affecting its business today and in the near future, said Jay Pulaski, TPW advisory founder and principal. PepsiCo reported mixed quarter results and cut its guidance as the food and beverage pricing power wanes and volumes come under pressure. Its shares ended more than 3% lower. And shares in Pininterest tumbled nearly 10% after the social media company missed fourth quarter revenue expectations and issued soft guidance for the March quarter. Some on Wall Street, however, can need to flag the company's current valuation as a concern, which is pricing in a lot of upside despite the immaterial contribution today, UBS said in the note. And Take Two Interactive cut its annual bookings guidance, citing projected softness for titles like MBA. 4K24, and a planned release moving out of its fiscal fourth quarter. Shares in the video game publisher fell more than 8%. And the recent market volatility, though, isn't reflected in the CBOE volatility unit for VIX, which sits at 12.93, well below its 20-year average of 17.7, and down from 21.7 on October the 20th, a level that seems too low given the SP 500's 21% gain since bottom in October. 
and given the risks that are lurking. These risks include high valuations, sticky inflation, a cautious Fed, and even a mild recession, according to Evercore RSI strategist Julian Emanuel, who thinks the next big move in the SP500 could be 10% to the downside. Volatility is the baseline, not the outlier, he writes, and something investors should start preparing for now. Now, oil prices settled higher on Friday, up about 6% on a week on week basis, as worries about supply from the Middle East mounted, and as more outages threatened production. Brent crude futures settled up 0.42% at 81.97 a barrel. And US West Texas Intermediate crude futures settled up 0.5% to 76.61. Oil futures rose through the week, buoyed after the Israeli Prime Minister rejected Hamas's ceasefire proposal on Wednesday. And this week's rise followed a 7% loss in the prior week. We believe that this type of week-to-week wide price swing will further characterise the crude markets through the rest of this month, short of major bullish headlines out of the Middle East that could force adjustments in global oil balances, said Jim Reddenbush, president of Reddenbush & Associates. US domestic production returned this week to a record 13.3 million barrels per day level, according to the US Energy Information Administration last month, frigid weather, caused widespread shutdowns in oil-producing regions. Crude futures were also supported by strength in gasoline and diesel prices as significant U.S. refinery downturns, both planned and unplanned, tightened product markets. Gasoline futures rose about 9% in the week to $2.34 per gallon, while heating oil futures increased by 11% to $2.96 per gallon. Over in Europe, European shares ended slightly low on Friday as advances in Ubisoft and Hermes were undercut by sliding L'Oreal shares, while rising government bond yields also exerted some pressure. The pan-European stock system index closed 0.1% lower, though logging a 0.2% advance for the week. L'Oreal dropped 7.6% after the French cosmetic company reported underwhelming fourth-quarter sales growth, and banks lost 0.3% as BNP Paribas eased 2%, after UBS downgraded the French lent to neutral from buy. On the bright side, healthcare stocks were among the top gainers, helped by a 9.7% rise in Coloplast after the Danish medical equipment maker reported better than expected first quarter results. Hermes shares rose 4.8%, notching a record high after the Birkin bag maker said it will further raise prices as its sales outpaced luxury competitors at the end of 2023. And Ubisoft jumped 13.8%, after the video games group reported third quarter net bookings slightly above its forecast. Europe's tech sector continues its stellar run, advancing 1.2% of the day and taking its tally of consecutive daily gains to seven. Fourth quarter earnings are estimated to decrease about 7.6% year over year for stock 600 firms, according to LSEG data, with just about 55% of the 85 companies that have reported so far beating profit expectations. While some strong quarterly earnings updates have propelled the benchmark index to eke out modest gains, investor concerns about elevated interest rates for longer have kept further gains in check. And hurting equities on the day, the yield on the German 10-year government bond rose for the third straight session, but it was last at 2.38%, as bets of an interest rate cut by the European Central Bank eased after several rate setters warned against such a move. Money markets have now seen a near 48% chance of a rate cut in April, having fully priced in such a move at the end of January.
In summary, the FTSE in London was down 0.3%. The DAX in Germany was down 0.22%. And the CAC 40 in France was down 0.24%. Over in Asia, Chinese stocks lagged their peers on Thursday. That's before the New Year's holidays started, as a rebound rally now appeared to be running out of steam. Weak inflation data and losses in the tech giant Alibaba Group also weighed on the market. China's blue chip Shanghai, Shenzhen, CSI 300 index was last at 3364, up 0.64%, while the Shanghai Composite rose 1.28% on some strength in financial and industrial stocks. Official data show that Chinese consumer inflation grew less than expected in January, while producer inflation shrank for a 16th consecutive month. The reading shows that disinflationary risks remain squarely in play and presented more headwinds for the struggling Chinese economy, especially as consumer spending slowed. The weak inflation reading also stalled a rally in Chinese shares after signs of more government support for the stock market saw Chinese indices surge from multi-year lows earlier in the week. Weak earnings from Alibaba Group also raised more concerns over sluggish consumer spending. The e-commerce giant slid nearly 6% in Hong Kong trade after clocking weaker than expected earnings for the December quarter. Losses in Alibaba dragged the Hong Kong Hang Seng Index down 0.83%. And on Friday, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up again on strength from SoftBank and the technology sector. The Nikkei 225 has been the best performer in Asia on Thursday as well, where it rose 1.7% and was trading then just a hair below the 34-year high. It was last at 36.930 as the central bank continued to support low rates. Gains in the Nikkei were fueled chiefly by technology stocks, with investment conglomerate SoftBank Group leading the charge with a nearly 10% bounce. SoftBank hit a new six-month high as it looked poised to book a nearly $16 billion windfall from an overnight rally in its chip-designing subsidiary Arm Holdings, which forecasts stronger earnings. Other Japanese tech firms also advanced with chip firms Advanced Corp and Tokyo Electron up 7 and 2.7% respectively. Automotive giant Toyota rose nearly 4% and hit a record high for a third consecutive session after clocking bumper quarterly earnings earlier in the week. Other Asian stocks also advanced with South Korea's Cosby up 0.41% on gains in tech stocks, particularly the heavyweight chip makers. India's Nifty 50 index also rose after India's central bank stuck to its hawkish policy stance on Thursday as inflation remained well above target, suggesting it's in no hurry to cut interest rates until later in the year, the Monetary Policy Committee voted 5 to 1 to keep the benchmark repurchase rate at 6.5%. Now in Australia, the S&P SX200 advanced 0.1% or 5.6 points on Friday to 7,644 for its third straight day of gains, but still finished 0.7% down for the week. On the local share market, gains among the technology, communications and healthcare sectors were offset by falls in energy and mining. Best performing stock was Borel, which rose 8.3% at $5.86. The Building Materials Group lifted guidance for earnings before interest and tax in 2024 to between 330 and 350 million, up from 300 to 330 million. It was a very good result, said Romano Sala Tenor, a portfolio manager at Katana Resources in WA. A lot of it was down to execution. It's the second time they've upgraded EBIT in three months 
The CEO is impressive, but it's not cheap on 30 odd times earnings. Uranium stocks reversed weeks of gains after major Canadian miner Chemico revealed plans to expand production overnight. Boss Energy tumbled 12.7% to $5.23, and Paladin lost 7% to $1.32. Chemico's targeting production from two large existing assets and their low capex, so it could be reasonably quick in the scheme of things as their brownfield assets, Salah Tenner said. In the healthcare sector, Cochlear shares hit a record closing high of 322.73 after it added 5.9% to extend Thursday's gains on upgraded profit guidance for financial year 24. In the bond market, the yield on Australia's two-year government bond edged higher to 3.805 as the RBA rate expectations were shifted out. NZ was up 0.11%, CBA was up 0.32%, NAB was down 0.28%, and Westpac was down 0.16%, while Macquarie was down 0.22%. The Aussie was up 0.52% against the US dollar to 65.25 and up 0.41% to 51.66 against the UK pound. And finally, in crypto, for the first time in almost a month, Bitcoin crossed above the 47,000 US mark on Friday, pushing crypto-related stocks into the green ahead of the stock market open on Friday. It was last at 47,175. As for the crypto stocks, CleanSpark led the gains, soaring more than 22% in pre-market trading. The jump came after the Bitcoin miner closed 12.8% higher on Thursday, boosted by a strong first quarter earnings report. Other crypto mining companies, Riot Platforms and Marathon Digital, also took off, surging around 9 and 10% respectively. Meanwhile, crypto exchange Coinbase advanced by more than 6%, while Michael Saylor's MicroStrategy rose 6.6%. The latest surge in Bitcoin comes amid recent signs that interest in the Bitcoin spot exchange traded fund is attracting interest. The BlackRock iShares Bitcoin Trust has raked in funds, becoming one of the top five exchange-traded funds of 2024 by inflows, according to recent data from Bloomberg. Bitcoin has reached its highest point since the ETF approval, said Adrian Prolosi, the founder of crypto exchange Independent Reserve. This is driven by extra demand coming from the ETF inflows, along with the market anticipating the block reward halving that is scheduled for April. So if you stand back, you can see here once again the contention in the market. There is still hope and expectations of more market moves positive. But on the other hand, some of the underlying indicators, including market breadth, is suggesting something different. So markets are, I think, extremely exposed at the moment. Probably will go higher. We'll see a lot more volatility. But the risk to the downside is definitely accelerating. So I think caution is still the watchword. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching and I'll see you again next time.